Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to Seggy Station. This man that has a nickname was out to say with no shame. Friday, June 10th, 2022. Hope all is well out there with everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. Nick Seglin here. You're listening to Seggy Station Podcast. Good to be back today. Catching up on the last podcast, which I had to cut out early. Should be good with catching up on the NBA Finals with Rich. Touching up on a few thoughts that I had that I was trying to get into last podcast with so much going on in the world of sports and obviously the world elsewhere. I'm sure y'all can read about it. I'm going to try and talk a little bit about it today. A lot of thoughts, a lot of things going on, not only personally, but in the sports world that I'm seeing uh, that I definitely have some thoughts about, particularly the Live Golf Tour, which took place their inaugural debut yesterday i think they're up and running today 9 a.m livegolf.com you can check that out obviously causing some controversy with the pga tour um something i tried to touch on a little bit last time hopefully i'll have time to touch on that today certainly touching on the nba finals with rich colorado avalanche are awaiting the winner of the tampa bay lightning new york rangers new york rangers losing the pivotal game five at home last night to the tampa bay lightning who now lead that series 3-2. I did see Oklahoma pull off back-to-back women's College World Series championships. I think it's their eighth in franchise history. And obviously some other things happening elsewhere in the sports world with the PGA Tour still taking place, RBC Canadian Open, and a lot of comments going on between them and obviously... The Saudi league that is, as I mentioned, starting up this week. Got an NBA Finals game tonight. That definitely is, I think, a must win for the Golden State Warriors. Looking forward to touch on some of that with Rich. Looking forward to get back into the sports talk. No, I have not quit the podcast. I still am here. Appreciate all of the support for the podcast. Just been busy elsewhere. Trying to get my golf game tuned up. Trying to make as much money as I can. And obviously today's situation that we're seeing, obviously with prices up, gas prices, everything kind of up everywhere. So I'm just trying to make as much money as I can. Continue on with my actual career as much as I wish this was a career for me. This is just a hobby. So appreciate all love and support, obviously, for everybody that checks in on the podcast and touches up on some of the sports talk that we touch on here at the seggy station you can always follow along on my twitter page at seggy station also got a live version of the podcast up always on my twitch stream it's underscore seggy underscore g and still got the podcast out on spotify Podbean, and a few other platforms so if you get your podcast there looking forward to the show today got a new setup cranking really excited to be here a lot of things going on in sports hopefully i'll be able to keep it together today Enjoy the show. Just watching the, uh, doing some work, listening to the, uh, Stephen A was on JJ Reddick's podcast. Kind of cool to listen to since they do, I don't watch First Take all that much, but they obviously do First Take there, but how people act off like the actual air and on a podcast is so different. Like, I, I like Stephen A on podcasts. I can't really watch Stephen A on the air, but I like Stephen A on podcasts. Yeah, podcast uh, scene definitely causing some uh, noise in the He's headlines for the too. sports world. I know you've always liked. I know you've always liked Steven. It's a pretty pretty good interview. You watch it. Yeah, I've been watching uh, a lot of those guys. JJ Reddick, CJ McCollum. I've seen him on. Uh, obviously, Draymond and his podcast, which I got a few thoughts to get into with you about. Which I had 
said a couple of things to you about. But before we touch on the NBA Finals, um, which we'll do mainly all of since you don't have much time for else today, I just got a couple quick questions for you, Rich, uh, leading into what I'll talk about once you got to head out. If indeed um, had a competitor start up, um, let's just say in Connecticut as well, you know, the same place. Um, but they were, you know, they were backed up by a, a different countries. And, you know, I preface saying this by talking about, you know, seeing the NBA's relationships with China, seeing the relationships that globally everybody has with other countries for things such as gas, things such as food, things such as medicine, things such as everything. If you go look around in your house, um, you know, if they were backed up by a country that wasn't the U.S. Um, and they were offering you four or five times more money than you were making right now to do the exact same job you're doing, um, but way less time of it. So the way I see it, you're going to be doing less overall work, but the same job requirement description um, to make not double your money. I'm talking like five, six times more your money. So my simple question to you and to anybody that is commenting about this live golf tour that everyone has a problem with these golfers now doing this is I don't care what job you're in, man. If I was offered five times more my salary to go teach at a indoor golf place across the street from where I'm teaching right now, I would a hundred percent do it, even if they their CEO or whatever was, you know, backing up some ridiculous thing that I didn't even agree with or know anything about. I'm talking strictly for my personal situation. I would do that, and I believe a lot of other people would too. And that's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, I don't know much about the Live Golf League and everything, but just for the example you gave, which I think is a good one, like obviously for context for anyone listening, I work at Indeed, and I think that's a good example because, yes, I would obviously do take five times the money to do another job. The only risk and the only caveat, and I would do it, would be you're leaving or I'm leaving Indeed, which is like the name, the brand, to take a risk on something new, which is the exact Sure, thing. which is the PGA Tour, which the is the only golf league that's been around. Yep. And what I will say, the only thing that makes it easier for the players rather than someone like me is if I go there and it doesn't fucking work, Indeed's not like, come back, come back. We got, we got, you, we got your spot for you right here. I'm sure, I don't know the details, I'm sure if these golfers go to live and it doesn't work, I don't think the PGA is going to be like, it's some of the top you're gonna have to do a little right you're gonna have to do a little more research know, uh than than uh this because all these players that have left for the live golf tour it's you know 54 holes the numeral 54 which is why it looks like live they play 54 hole tournaments the pga tour plays 72 they do a shotgun start there's some different things going on on the live golf tour and these guys are obviously making more money it's it's cool i checked some of it out yesterday it's going on currently right now you can you can check it out livegolf.com all i'm trying to say is the PGA Tour doesn't even own a lot of these major golf tournaments, which you don't know much about either. And some of these players are going to be able to play if they decide they do want to come back and play in the majors and play on the Live Tour. They just can't play in PGA Tour events, which, by the way, PGA Tour events are happening every week. 
and the viewership and the interest in the PGA Tour, some guy like you, you don't even know anything about it. So to me, you're going to have more people checking in on this Live Golf Court, uh, Live Golf Tour strictly because of how people are reacting to it and everyone's kind of talking about it. Um, something I think super interesting. Very, from someone who knows almost nothing about it, it seems like a good idea because it seems like they're trying to do, again, my I know nothing thing is like a take on the XFL to the NFL. But we could do this, be a little bit more fun, except I think it has a better chance of actually working because golf, it's hard to make the NFL a lot more fun without having players getting straight up just killed out there and having everyone be injured and having the product suffer. Golf, I don't know. I think there's a good amount of people out there who have, they're being told. Listen, man, listen, man. I'm glad you brought that example up because any other any other league that has another league come up doesn't get as heated about the league that's come up as the PGA Tour is. And the reason is is because quite frankly the PGA Tour, bro, the PGA Tour has the FedEx Cup, which is the the playoffs of golf, which I'm sure you don't know much about either, but it's basically like three or four events where they cut guys that make it in. It's it's based on a point system all year round. It's Kind of similar to, you know, other leagues, but not nearly at all because it's all individual stuff. And this new live has a team event. Um, There's other ways that they're trying to create interest in the game of golf. And they're doing it for more money under these stipulations that everyone has a problem with. And I think if you just take that portion out of it and you just ask yourself, if you were at your own job, would you take five or six times more money to do the same job and work less? And if your answer is no to that, that's fine. I, whatever. Maybe you like where you're at. I'm just saying, let's just stop bashing these golfers. And there's ways to, I think, take advantage of this opportunity. If you're the PGA Tour, you can get uh, more PGA pros in your events. I think the Live Golf Tour should have a PGA pros team. I think there's ways we can grow this game of golf besides bitching about where it's taking place. Which, by the way, U.S. is uh, Saudi Arabia is second in trading with U.S. Uh, in terms of international trading, uh, you know, things that go on in terms of trading. So to me, you know, if you if you get gas in your car and I heard, saw Saudi Arabia has 5% of Twitter, if you have a Twitter account and you're bitching about this, then realistically get off Twitter and stop putting gas in your car. And if you're feeling the same way about that, honestly, if you got anything that says made in China in your house, get it, get it out of your house. If that's how you're really going to feel about the Live Golf Tour, because to me, it's just pathetic. Um... Something that's also pathetic, Rich, and we'll talk NBA Finals strictly after I ask you this question, um, is kind of how I see things shaking out for Draymond Green. Um, I said this to you, man, and I want to ask you just point blank, not even bringing what's going on with obviously Draymond and obviously the Finals into context. I just want to ask you strictly, like, is doing the podcast a distraction um, to you at all? Like, you and me doing the podcast, it, do, you th- do you feel like it's a distraction to you at all, like in any way? Because well, I personally I personally feel like, as much as I'd like to think it's not, it's definitely a distraction to me. Like the last podcast I was doing, I was with you and completely kind of tone, tone deaf to anything going on and got a call that I need to go to work. And next thing I know, I'm kind of changing my clothes, still on the podcast with you and gone and off to work. Right? I kind of... When I'm podcasting, I'm kind of just focused on on the podcast. I realized how many podcasts that I've actually done here and how much time and effort and all this energy and all these things that I do to kind of make this thing what it is. Um, you know, it's not just – and I, I get it. Draymond is, is a little different. I mean, he's kind of just like flipping on a mic and talking about it, talking about the game, talking about some of that. But 
to me, man, I, I said this to you where it's it's not making him play any better is, is basically how I'm feeling. Like, it might make him play about the same. Uh, it might make him play worse. But I don't think it's making him play any better. So I just don't understand. I just don't understand why he's setting himself up like this, realistically. Like, not only the fact do I think it rubs me personally the wrong way, and I'll let you answer what I asked you, that this dude's making as much as he says he's making when he's getting, you know, all these into all these altercations with fans and all these things. And, you know, I don't condone how the Boston Celtics fans treat him, by the way, because that's just fucking ridiculous. But what I do, what I do say, what I do have to say is, you know, Draymond before we've been like, oh, I'm making $30 million a year. I'll be fine. Like, yeah, dude, you're in the NBA finals right now. Like you're making $30 million a year as like a, basically a max player in the NBA. Like you're in a championship setting right now. Like you should probably be a little less worried about how the podcast is doing. And by the way, his podcast is now above Bill Simmons' podcast. This dude makes money off his podcast. So for the people that are like, oh, they're just mad that he's doing it off, on and off the court. No, no, I'm not. He can have a podcast. This is what I was trying to explain to you last time I brought this up on my podcast. Is that he can do whatever the hell he wants. This is what this is what it is to, in today's world. But why is he doing this during the playoff run, during the NBA Finals run? Like... Like, it's like, get back to the hotel and do the podcast. Like, what, bro? Like, if I'm one of his teammates, and I heard Steven Jackson saying this today, if I'm one of his teammates or Steve Kerr, I'm telling him, you got to chill on this, dog. Because cause he said, he's straight up lying, too, because he's he was asked about in reporting where it's like, oh, um, you know, what do you, he's like, oh, I say exactly what I say on the podcast as I do here in the microphone at the setting of the report. That is not true. That is not true. So it's just classic, like, cycling of Draymond where it's like, what, bro? Like... Okay. I don't know. Things. Um, I saw the first point I'll say is like, I saw this on Twitter. And I think it's a good one. Not even my original thought, but I got a few things to say. In the last dance documentary, they talked about before game four of the finals or something. Dennis Rodman's like missing Michael Jordan's out till like 4 a.m. and shit like that. Like this dude's literally coming back to his hotel and recording a podcast sober analyzing the game of basketball he played in. I think we're being a little ridiculous. Not like, just as it's not you, this entire thing that it's this big of a topic, because like, I understand if it's the NBA Finals, Duncan Robinson, CJ McCollum, JJ Redick, when he was a player, there are a few other ones that are slipping my mind, but a lot of these guys have podcasts. This isn't abnormal. So Duncan Robinson, I know when he was playing poorly, he said he was like, took a break for a few weeks on it. He's like, I just need to focus on basketball. That's fine. And then, the one, the one way I'd agree with everything you said is if the Warriors, if Steve Kerr, if Steph Curry, anyone on the Warriors is like, yo, bro, I think it would be better if you didn't do this, then he should be doing that. Because the number one goal is winning a championship, as he said on his podcast multiple times. Like That's our number one goal. So if anyone on the team doesn't like what he's doing, then I fully agree. He shouldn't be doing it. Because it's like, yo, know, if you're bothering anybody, ruffling any feathers – you don't want to like cause friction right now. Like y'all need to be together. This needs to be like number one goal. If his teammates don't mind, then to me it's nothing. Cause I've watched not everyone for a long time, but like for the last two, two weeks or so I've watched everyone. Cause to me, it's pretty sick hearing a player that literally just played in the game. You're right. It's not a press conference. He's saying similar stuff, but like he has 25 minutes. He can just dive into some shit, but he's also not. Yes, dude. Like he's, Hold on, no. he's talking about, he's analyzing what happened in the game, which to us sometimes is like, it's insight to us, because that's why we want to watch it. 
no, no, hold on. No one on the Celtics is watching that and being like, he gave us an in. It's like he's literally analyzing what happened. Like, yes. Ime Adoka, Brad Stevens, Jason Tatum, all those guys, they know what happened out there too. And the one thing we've seen in the playoffs is drastic differences game to game because teams make significant adjustments based on the last game. So he's never really going into this is how we're going to do this and counteract this. He's mainly analyzing this is what happened. This is what we did well. This is what we did wrong. This is what they did well. This is what they did wrong. Rich. So the last thing I'll say, the last thing I'll say, players have become very smart business-wise. And regardless of how we all feel about this, Draymond knows there is no one else that's in conference finals and the finals and coming on and just giving like a full-on like analyzing one of the biggest games of basketball. Yes, dude. No matter what happens, millions will tune in. I don't think there's any way it could possibly make his play better. You could maybe argue it's made it worse. I don't think so. I just don't think Draymond's very good outside of the defensive end, even though he's doing some wild shit. Listen, Rich, I think you're misunderstanding me here, dog. Like, I I love Draymond Green's content in his podcast and i i thoroughly as much as people disagree with like what he's doing i am completely on board with it all i'm saying is this dude is doing this when he's not playing good so you bring up he's had two finals games that are the worst finals games literally of all time no listen you bring up michael jordan and dennis robin that they're out doing stuff your boy james harden is a guy that likes to be out partying and when you get into those games and you come in you don't play well that's when you get criticism. Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman, if you're out the night before and you're you're at the game and playing well, it doesn't matter. Listen, if Draymond was playing better, it wouldn't matter. It honestly wouldn't matter. Because he's he's now set him Listen, dude. You just compared them to being out Harden, Rodman, Jordan. I made the comparison saying that's how bad it was. You're like, see, he's doing shit like that. How could he possibly no. No, 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 no. You no, no. said. My question to you, one question. How can he possibly do anything better to prepare for the next game other than like watch film, which I'm sure he's doing plenty of. Yeah. To prepare for it other than talking about the game. Like he couldn't be doing anything better other than watching film. Like, Listen, bro. I'm not mad that he's talking about the game. What I am, what I am mad about is that he's not playing better in the game. And if I was a Warriors fan, I'd be much mad about the fact that he's not playing better in these games. And it seems to be he's more focused and worried about doing this podcast and talking about the games he's not playing well in. The only thing I'm trying to say is if he's making all this money playing the game of basketball, Rich, it seems like, and you brought up the point basically the way I kind of feel about it, this dude's using this opportunity to kind of boost his platform and ratings for people that he knows are going to want to tune in and listen to his stuff, in which he's monetizing off of. Doing something that could affect his team in an NBA championship. You want to talk about it once the finals is over and monetize off that? Fine. You want to talk about it if you're playing better in these finals? Fine. But if you're then affecting the team potentially in it by by monetizing in the process, when you're being monetized to play better basketball, I just I'm just not down with that, dog. I'm not I'm not tuning into his podcast because I'm not gonna give that dude any type of money when he's out here playing garbage. Okay. So you're giving some wild takes. First off, your one view is not giving him any money. You get pennies for like hundreds of thousands. Yeah, I know how it works. Yeah. Your, your view is doing nothing. Um, it's great content for someone who's doing a podcast. Like you don't get to – it's better than any other content that's out there in terms of analyzing the game. It is. Obviously a little bit one-sided, but he does do a pretty good job of like playing both sides of it and actually analyzing it. Yeah, whatever, um, dude. 
I just don't see your whole point. Your like two main points are if he was playing better, it would be okay. Yeah. Which makes the assumption that the podcast is making him play worse. Yeah. Which there's no possible way to prove that. I could just as easily say the podcast has nothing to do with how he's playing and neither of us win because there's no way to prove either side of that. So like I, I we can't say the podcast in order for you to say the podcast is making him play worse, it to me is inferring that either in the thirty minutes he's doing it, he should be doing something better, which is like, bro, it's after the game. Players are relaxing, watching TV, having a glass of wine, sitting with their family. Like it is okay that he's doing thirty minutes of talking about basketball. Or number two, it means that you think he's out there on the court thinking about the podcast. To which I would say that is ridiculous. I mean, bro, he admitted on the podcast that he was out there thinking about the referees during a during a finals game. Draymond Green. And by the way, when we come here and talk about the podcast and Ben Simmons, a guy that had in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, uh, nine points, 9.9 points, 6.3 rebounds, and 8.6 assists, 60% field goal shooting, and was 0% from three, we told, we were saying this dude can't play anymore. This dude's washing. He hasn't played a game since. Draymond Green in these finals is averaging five points, 6.7 rebounds, Five assists on 26.3 shooting and 0% from three. This dude's literally scared to shoot the ball. He's not He's not contributing the way he he's normally has on defense in the, in the NBA. And he's also not playmaking and rebounding the way he should. In game three, they got out-rebounded by 25. Like, Draymond Green is literally out here, a shell of himself, and then going in, talking about on the podcast... Like, oh, yeah, we're going to win the championship. Like, bro, that, that to me is just stupid. That is stupid. It really is, bro. And I just think that it's setting himself up and his team up for questions that they don't need to answer when you shouldn't be doing a podcast mid-NBA finals. Like, I don't know. That's just the way I feel about it, it's, dog. It literally, to me, literally the only thing that matters is if his teammates care. And as someone who's watching the podcast when he does it, he's – He's not – he's giving you, like, hard-hitting basketball analysis, which I get people being like, whoa, this is like you're letting him into your whole plan. Like, no, it's the fucking finals. You have a new adjustment for every game. No team ever comes out and does what they did last game. The other team knows that. He's literally analyzing what happened in the game. He's not – I don't see how he's causing – Yeah, but, dude, the thing that I, the thing that I don't like is, like you said, you're like, oh, well, and he's doing both sides. No, he's not, bro. And I'm, when I'm listening to him analyze the part of the game, it's like he's really – is he talking about him looking like a fullback out there? 15 points and 15 fouls in three games? No, dude, he's talking about the game through his lens, like I told you about, which is totally fine. He has his opinion. He can make money off it if people want to listen to it. But what I'm saying is that is not that I could I could have a, somebody else on NBA a Jason Tatum do a podcast and it would not be anything like the same as as what Draymond's out here saying. And Draylen Brown would be saying this dude's out here pulling my pants down and tackling me and acting like a fucking maniac out here. So I just I'm just saying why don't you talk about the stuff you're actually doing, bro? And he's not. He's just what he's got it all filtered for like oh yeah dude we're gonna win the championship I'm gonna keep the podcast coming like bro whatever dog I could do a podcast too. It's fucking annoying to me. It is on you or anyone else, if you're tuning into that, being like, this should be an unbiased take on it. Like, no, it's literally sick to me to watch because you're getting the point of view of one of the ten main guys, one of the six main guys on the court during an NBA Finals game, and you're getting his point of view of things. You don't turn it into Draymond Green's podcast to get Jason Tatum's view on things. Yeah, no no shit, dude. In, 
you don't tune in to get the prediction for the Celtics. What he does analyze, if you enjoy the game of basketball, is like the X's of O's of like, this is what each team did well tonight. This is what we didn't do well. This is what we should have done better tonight kind of thing. Like, that's enjoyable to listen to. That's the unbiased part. At no point am I expecting him to come on there and be like, you know what? I'm running around like crazy tackling people. I should have probably been double teed up in every single game. It was really wrong of me to tackle Jalen Brown. Like, yeah, that's all true, but I don't expect him to say it. Like, I'm tuning in not for that reason. I'm tuning in for other entertainment. It's just like knowing, going in, like, yeah. I just think it's interesting as hell, man. You got guys like Udonis Aslam out here basically saying Draymond's breaking the code when he's up on, you know, when he's up on the – uh, I don't know what the code, but I'm just saying, it's not like, it's not like I'm the only dude up here. That's like, dude, what is this dude doing? So I can only imagine what his teammates are thinking. Imagine if they go down three, one, and he's home doing the podcast tonight. Like, you know, it's just stupid to me, dog. Playing together. These guys have been playing together for seven years. I promise if Steph Curry thinks this is messing with their chances, he will tell Draymond. And I bet Draymond would stop if that was the case. There are pretty like tight knit group, it seems. I don't think they it's bothering them. I don't think a group of guys who is one of the best like cores of a team ever, even if they're not in their prime, is like, you know why we're not winning? It's because Draymond's talking for 30 minutes after the game. Like, no, fucking play better. That's not why you're not winning. Draymond sucked. Draymond has absolutely sucked, other than so, some good defensive plays. <laughs> I don't think that's related to the podcast. Yeah, I mean, bro, you. I mean, that's fine. I can't even release 17 podcasts in a month span. This dude's got 17 podcasts released in the playoffs. Six three-pointers made. I mean, he's got eight. Not, that's really not that much when you don't have to research because you just you live this shit. Like, you don't you just pop on and chat for 30 minutes. Like, I, I don't think that's – I really don't think that's that crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't a problem when, when they were winning. <laughs> you know, making it through these playoff runs and he's out here talking about – it's not a problem, but that's what I'm saying. Exactly. If it wasn't a problem when he was winning, why should it be a problem when he was losing? That's it was. Like, it was. I had made. I said something about it. You said, "Oh, it's not." You had no. In this argument, you have no problem if he's winning, if he's playing well and winning, but they're not, and now you have a problem with it. No, 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 so no, no. It's they're going to lose some games. Like they're not. No shit, they're going to lose I, some games. Celtics. Look, I had some. I had the Celtics to win the series. Nothing about this has shocked me so far. I'm picking the Celtics to win tonight and go. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, then the series is probably over, and Draymond better talk about it on his podcast. Um, let's touch on it then. Let's touch on some of the games that happened in the game tonight. Um, you know, we, I got to go all the way back to game one, honestly, because I haven't touched on it. And the fact that, you know, at home, and the playoffs were undefeated at home, uh, or the Warriors were undefeated at home in these playoffs, um, they had a 13-point lead, I think, heading into the fourth quarter. And then we're outscored by 24 points, I think 40-16 to 16 in the fourth quarter, um, to lose to the Celtics in game one um, was was where a lot of people started flip-flopping their picks, was where a lot of people started thinking, wow, the Celtics are going to win these finals. And I think you now get a lot of that after game three, um, you know, because game two was a, even the series. Now game three was a statement win by the Celtics. And now we head into game four with question marks surrounding Steph Curry's ankle, question marks surrounding Steph Curry in the fourth quarter, and question marks surrounding the rest of the Golden State Warriors team to help out Steph Curry. I think that's one of the main things that I've seen thus far watching these three games is 
yeah, Steph Curry has been pretty incredible for portions of the game. And I've talked about this with you plenty of times, man. I don't know what it is with Steph Curry and I don't know what it is with me and Steph Curry. Maybe I'm just a hater. But man, this dude, if he's going to be talked about as being up here in all-time legacies and things like that, and he's going to be going for his fourth championship and trying to do so without Kevin Durant and was doing so before Kevin Durant, man, you got to show up a little bit better in these fourth quarters and in in some of these games um, because it is just glaring to me, and it's something that I've seen a pattern with Steph Curry. Um, now he's injured, so now people will be like, oh, well, if he doesn't play, oh, look, he's... No, dude, because Robert Williams has been injured for about two series, and now you're stuffing shots and literally shutting down the Warriors' interior defense. Marcus Smart has been injured and missed games, isn't out playing, dropping 24 points and five assists in these games. Jason Tatum, I don't know if he's actually injured or not, but he's got something going on with his shoulder, and he's still out there performing. So I don't want to hear if Steph Curry doesn't perform well, oh, he's injured, he says he's going to play. Well, then you better play well, dude, because everything's on the line tonight. And it's it's big time now for these Warriors. Draymond Green talking all this smock in his podcast. Klay Thompson coming out, having a good game, but really not having two good games in the first game. It is must-win territory if you're the Warriors, in my opinion. You're acting like it's the 2015 run, and you're just going to rattle off three, four wins in a row. I, I don't see that happening unless you win tonight. So, uh, at this point, the series has gotten on the hands of, well, are these role players and are these surrounding players on the Celtics just way better supporting cast than what the Warriors actually have? Um, it's looking like it, man. Uh, I'm not I'm not riding with the Celtics. Um, I still think the Warriors can win this series, and I have the Warriors to win this series. Uh, I thought they'd win game one, honestly, and when they didn't, I was... Slightly concerned because I had the Warriors in five, but now it's just going to go a deeper series. I still think the Warriors can win this series. Um, Jason Tatum has had stretches in these finals where I've talked about him as well, kind of going a little shallow. And and if you would ask me right now, um, you know, who's the main contributor to the Celtics being where they're at in this series, it's it's this it's a contribution, man. It's it's not like you've got this one player you know, taking over Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum combination, taking over. Like it's been the games. They won collective effort. Uh, all the guys kind of stepping in and they're going to need that. If they're going to beat the Warriors, in my opinion, you know, you're not going to just be able to rely on a 40 point Jason Tatum game to get the win. Like other guys are going to have to show up and, and make shots. Like you can't have three starters combining for six points like they did in game two and expect to win games. So, yeah, if that continues to happen, those guys show up and and you know, you can get 20 a piece out of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, like yeah, the Celtics are just deeper to me. Um and it'll be a hard hit for the Warriors uh legacy if I think if they can't get this one done. Cuz to be honest, I don't think the Celtics should be here. So, that's just me. Check. You don't think the Celtics you're real biased with the Celtics. I don't totally get it. Like the Celtics have been the best team in the league since February. Like, yeah, they have. They've been the. They have. They've been why, the best. Pe- why should they not be? Like the only. I think the only case you can make for the Celtics shouldn't be here is maybe if Chris Middleton's healthy, they're not here. Yeah, which is, and which is fair. and I, I think I think my point I think my point around it is even even uh you know going forward just looking at this this finals like if, if the I think the Celtics need to win this finals if they're thinking they're going to be winning any finals um. 
Because I don't see them winning any finals in the future. As much as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are young and some of these core pieces are young, like when I'm looking at who I'd rather have five, ten years from now looking at these squads, I'd easily rather have the Warriors. Some of these young guys that aren't ready to go, that aren't showing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, bro. Hold on, hold on. Question, question. All right, I want to analyze the game first, but on that, (laughs) you're taking the question marks of Kaminga, Moody, and James Wiseman, who have played a grand total of zero important minutes in this series. Yeah, Yeah, which they're not ready, dude. Over the known of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Hold on, let me ask you a Yeah, let me ask you a question, dude, because these guys have played throughout these playoffs, not heavy minutes, but some minutes, but haven't seen the court at all in the finals. You know, if Draymond's struggling tonight, you might need a shock of Kaminga to see if you can get some athleticism out there because all of a sudden Steve Kerr acts like he can't play these young guys. I'm just saying all of their best-case scenarios aren't even Jason Tatum right now. Like, Kaminga would have to do some crazy shit. Like, if any of those three guys turn into, not that they're the same type of players, turn into even a Jalen Brown, the Warriors are thrilled because Jalen Brown's a, you know, fringe all-star, like who knows where his career goes, like maybe contending for some third-team all-NBAs in the future. But, like, you're thrilled if the guys end up with that. There is no way five years from now you'd rather have that Warriors core, in my opinion, than the, than the Celtics core, just kind of the young guys. But that's a, that's a total side argument. For the actual game, I don't even mean this. I don't mean it's victory lap at all because nothing's happened yet. But the reason I like the Celtics since the second Chris Middleton got hurt and why, I mean, they basically been my second team, probably third favorite team for the large majority of this year. So I like the Sun and the Bucks a lot. But Celtics have been incredible for a lot of this year. Is going back to one of our first podcasts ever. I remember talking about with probably Chewy here, maybe Duke, uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, like. Where do they rank in young duos? Like, should they split them up? And my thing was always, like, if we go through the last finals MVPs of the last 12 years, it is all fucking wings, with the exception of, like, Dirk Nowitzki. You're looking at Kawhi, you're looking at LeBron, you're looking at Iguodala. Giannis may be a little bit of an exception. This was before Giannis won. But, like, you're literally just looking at wing, 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 every single time. So, like, give me, I love Steph Curry, love having great guards out there, or Russ in his prime, and Kyrie Irving, Lillard, all that. Give me a wing over them every time. And that's why I like this Celtic roster and why I feel like they can beat any team. Because it's, they're literally, even though Marcus Smart's a point guard, they're literally just rolling out there like four wings and an Al Horford, four wings and a Rob Williams, maybe some of them together sometimes. That's so hard to guard, to defend for the other team create offense against, especially when you have one central guy in Steph Curry who creates almost all of your offense for you, and you're just trying to have him go against that defense, and yeah, Clay got going last game, but he hasn't been going most of the playoffs, and that was still a lot from the game that Clay got going, so like, you're just counting on so much on like some guys like Wiggins, Clay, actually hitting their open shots, actually, actually creating some of their own offense, because yeah, Steph's averaging like 32 points, I think, in this series on decent shooting. But you alluded to it. The fourth quarters have not been good. He's, I've, I saw the numbers earlier today. Through three games, I want to say it was like six points in the third quarter. Yeah, Sorry, it's terrible. It's quarter. absolutely fucking terrible. Awful, awful shooting. So, like, if he's your main source of offense, which he's like option one, two, and three to create something on their team, 
and he can't keep it going in the fourth because he's tired, rightfully so, because they're just throwing big wings at him the whole game, rotating guys on him. They're not even putting Marcus Smart on the whole game. They're like, here, Marcus, take a few. Now Jalen, now Derek, Derek White, Jason Tatum, grab him. Bro. You. And, then they're, and then they're attacking him on the other end, too. It's, All right, it's bro. Just gonna be few thoughts here. Few thoughts here. Just, last thing I'm saying, the Celtics are just built to do this to teams that rely, especially teams that rely on smaller guards, because they have so many big wings to throw at them. They just make it really hard for them to run their offense. Not that it's over yet at all. It's just... They're one of the better defenses I re- ever remember seeing watching basketball. Few thoughts here. Had some great ones. If the if the Celtics don't win this finals, you think they can? You think they'll win a finals within the next five years? Um, I I'll I I'll say yes, just because what they've got to four conference finals in the last five years or something crazy. Like, they keep knocking on the door, and their guys are getting better. I'll say yes. I don't think it's a guarantee, but I'll say yes. All right. Because I personally think this is going to be their shot to win a championship. Um, you bring up the you bring up the, you bring up the Chris Middleton injury, and I thought if Chris Middleton was able to play at all in that series, that series could have done, done different. But we can't, we can't go with the ifs if the guys don't even play. Um, what I, what I do think is that Chris Middleton will be back. I think the Bucks will be back. I think the Heat will be revamped. And by the way, the Heat had some injuries as well up against that series in the, with Boston Celtics that went seven, by the way. Shout out Jimmy Butler. But Tyler Hero was not there, a key contributor. I know you're not a big Tyler Hero guy, but I think the Heat will be revamped. Kyle Lowry hampered a little bit. Like, these teams are not going to be going away in the East. You got the Sixers coming up. Well, who knows what's going on with James Harden, your boy there. We got... The Bulls, you know how I feel about the Bulls, but I'm hearing some stuff around Zach Levine. You got guys that are potentially moving teams, i.e. Donovan Mitchell, the Rudy Gobert's of the world. Like, I don't know, man. I don't think it's just, oh, man, yeah, the Celtics, they're going to be making a bunch of Eastern Conference Finals going forward and have shots of making NBA Finals just because they've done so thus far. Um, I don't think... That's not even what I'm saying. I'm just explaining why I like them to win this series. Because they have a lineup that's so hard to score against, especially when you have one guard leading your entire offense in Steph Curry, and they can just keep rotating incredible defenders on. That's fine. There's that's no, fine. Warriors have the free-flowing offense where they, it's easy for them to get switches. There's no one good to get switched on. Your best-case scenario is like what you have Al Horford on him, and he can like maybe lose him on the perimeter, maybe, but even still, bro, Al Horford's a pretty good defender on the perimeter for a big. Couple more thoughts here. I'm not even going to mention LeBron James, but he's in this category, obviously. If Giannis, if Kevin Durant, if 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 James Harden, guy we talked about on this podcast plenty of times, made an NBA Finals and was performing like he was performing, Steph Curry-wise, in the fourth quarter through three games, and also, by the way, James getting absolutely absolutely getting torched on defense. Let's just let's just be real here, like. Played a little bit better defense in that game two uh, victory, but has been targeted as much as Draymond Green's been targeted. Uh, getting targeted on defense, straight up. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson getting targeted a little bit on defense. Like defensively, I feel like the Celtics have an advantage as well. Um, when you talk about some of this offensive firepower they have, so basically what I'm saying is. Do you think that the Warriors can can flip a switch? Uh, these guys can play a little bit better defense. They were the second best defense in the playoffs during the regular season, I believe, as well. Um, yeah, 
you know, can they play a little, Draymond, can he play, can he play better defense here where he's not getting targeted by Jalen Brown? If so, you know, they, they have the experience in this series, man. I think it's 123 games uh, of Warriors players combined to zero for NBA Finals experience for the Celtics. I know they have the series lead right now. I know they got home field, uh, home court advantage right now. But what they don't have is the experience. If things can just change a little bit, I'm telling you, man, I don't think it's as crazy as it seems for a lot of people that the Warriors still win this series. It's going to rely on Steph Curry's health because I, I said it here on the pod. I'm an injury away from changing my pick. But if Steph Curry's right, I still think the Warriors can win this series. You, I mean, you should. I don't know what the odds are, but if you like that, you should probably be betting on the Warriors to win the series because it's probably pretty good odds. And if they win tonight, it'll be not minus odds for the Warriors because they have two of the last three games at home. So for I, sure. I don't, think it's even, I don't think it's even remotely crazy to say that the Warriors are going to win the series. Like... No matter how Steph Steph Curry's played in the fourth quarter, just looking at some of his numbers right now, his last his three games in this series, thirty four points, twenty nine points, thirty one points. Yes, fifty percent from three. Brother, I know his stats. Pull up his fourth quarter stats. By the way, in the fourth quarter in Game Three, he started that fourth quarter with three crucial turnovers, and I'm watching the game and I'm going, "Oh my God, bro, this game's over." So all I'm trying to say is if Giannis, LeBron, one of these guys did that, we'd be crushing them, dog. We'd be absolutely crushing them. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just saying he's averaging, what, like 32 a game in this series. He's shooting over 50% from three for the most part, shooting, I don't know, like 48% from the field overall. That's decent numbers. Yeah, maybe you want your stars to do a little bit more, and he'll probably have one game where he goes nuts. But to me, it's pretty clear if he's putting up those good games like that and shooting well overall, even with the gross fourth quarter shooting well overall, we need more from the other guys on the team. Like, it has to be Clay stepping up like he sort of did in last game. It has to be Wiggins stepping up. You need something from Otto Porter Jr. You need Draymond to give you just something out there since he's playing close to 35, 40 minutes a night. Because Steph's just getting tired by the fourth. It, that's what it seems like. And you're right. Other people would probably be getting roasted worse. Like, the Warrior, I don't know. I, I don't know. Steph doesn't seem to get the short end of the stick like that quite as much, but he is playing good games. Like we talked about some James Harden's choke games in the past, and regardless of me defending him, James Harden has had some choke games in the playoffs. I'm not describing these choke games, but it is similar to what James Harden All right, brother, listen. Flying at the end, but what did you do in the fourth quarter when the team... Yeah, let's just talk about that for a second, because you keep throwing me off that. It You don't matter if you're having 30 points in a game, bro. Like, what are you doing when we're trying to win the game? Are you turning the ball over? Are you missing shots? Are you not taking shots? That's what Steph Curry's doing. So, like, to me... Not really, not really though. Not really, though. He's not... He's shooting 50% basically from three in the field, which is both great. Incredible for a point guard. Incredible even for Steph Curry. Bro, he's shooting 0-4 in the fourth yeah. quarter from three. I think he's shooting yeah. three of ten field goals in the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter is bad, but he's not... Six he's points. Not, like, empty... These aren't empty stat games. Like, James Harden's, we'd see his 30-point games in the playoffs sometimes, and it'd be like... On nine of thirty shooting. All right, Rich. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I look at I look at the same stuff as when Steph Curry. I think we look at this a little different because Steph Curry has twenty one points in a quarter. We get to halftime. I'm thinking, how in the world does this dude still have twenty one points? That to me is an issue. That to me is an issue. That to me is like you can't score one more point. You couldn't get a free throw. You couldn't get something. You're missing all your shots. You're like. Like, to me, we've seen these stretches from him where it's like, wow, this is incredible. But then he goes so, 
so out of the game that it, that it's his team is relying on him to to make a basket, bro. He can't even make a yeah. basket. Like I don't know. To that's me, so he's getting off the hook way easier because of these big spurts and in these these five six point quarter uh six threes in a quarter. And the next quarter, he couldn't hit brick if he fall out of a barn. Like to me, you gotta figure something out when. You got to be a little bit more consistent throughout the game if you're Steph Curry in order to win. Like, we saw it a little bit. I agree overall. We're just coming to slightly different conclusions. Of like, I'm saying he's playing a pretty good game. It seems like you agree with that. We're both saying he's playing a pretty bad fourth or an awful fourth quarter in these games. Agree with that. Just my conclusion that's slightly different is like, yes, he needs to step it up. But if it's happening in the fourth quarter, like, yeah, defenses do lock down then. But like, we need some other guys to come with him on the team throughout the game because if you're shooting 50% and having an awful fourth quarter, that means he's doing great for three quarters. We need some other guys to take a little bit of the workload off him, either in the fourth quarter, in those first three quarters. We need some more people showing up. And it's Steph Curry as well needs to show up more because he is the guy that makes the whole team run. But I we need consistent games like what we saw from Clay last Dude, in game one, the the Celtics outscored Golden State by 24 in the fourth quarter. It ties the largest point differential in any quarter in NBA Finals history. In game three, listen, this is another thing Steve Curry needs to do because Steph Curry's out here playing 37 minutes. Do, do any stars, do any stars that are not injured in an NBA Finals game or a Conference Finals game out playing 35, seven, six, seven minutes a night? No. Jimmy Butler with a hurt knees out here playing 40-plus minutes tonight. Steph Curry, he'd been on fire. 21 points in the first quarter. Sat down. Steve Curry sits him down. Game three I'm watching. They just take the lead, 83-82. They're on, fi- they're, in, they're on fire. Yeah, he's in foul trouble. Who cares? It, the, the, he's making dumb fouls anyways. Bro, the fouls he was making were dumb fouls. So you either, you either trust he's not going to do that. He's getting torched on D anyways. You need him for his scoring. <laughs> Draymond's falling out of the games. You don't see him get... He's playing 38 minutes. Give some other guys some burn if he's in foul trouble. Right. The whole thing's a joke, bro. You got to have him playing more minutes. Dude's on fire and you're sitting him down for five minutes because he's in foul trouble. It's Steph Curry, bro. He comes out in the fourth quarter. He has three straight turnovers. Ruins the game. Ruins the game. He had three straight turnovers to ruin a game in the fourth quarter after sitting, after getting on a hot streak to get them back in the lead in the third quarter. Stupid. Stupidest shit I've ever seen. And Steve Kerr obviously is a great coach, but but that is just uncalled for. Like if I don't understand how they're not getting more flack for this, bro. Would LeBron James ever do that? Would LeBron James ever get sat down like that? No. When when they're trying to make a run, and no matter how tired or hurt, uh, would Jimmy Butler? Would any like that's ridiculous to me, bro. This is on Steph Curry. Thing I could think, and I agree with everything he said. The only other comparable thing I could think of is Mike Budenholzer through the last few years would catch a lot of shit for doing that. Giannis, Giannis like, yeah, he hadn't been doing it last last year. He he hadn't been doing it. He run him, play him. He did it. He did it the whole playoffs, and then in the finals he let it go because people were literally like, "I'm not." I don't, I'm sure his own common sense clicked in, but I literally saw people being like, "Yo, this man needs to be out of here." If Giannis is playing 35 minutes a game in the finals, regardless of if they win or not, get him out. And he ended up playing like 42, 43. But like Mike and Budenholzer, Budenholzer got a lot of shit for that too. And like, I don't know that this is what it is, but I wonder if part of it's coaches being a little stubborn and being like, "Hey, this is our rotation. This is what worked for us." But you got to be flexible. It's the NBA Finals, bro. You're going for a championship, dog. There's no tomorrow if you lose. It's. I agree. I agree. Tonight, it's Steph Curry, tonight, dog. It's Steph Curry. <laughs> tonight, I would expect Steph Curry to play 
43 plus minutes. If he doesn't, and it's a close game, that's unexcusable because you go down 3-1, it's not over. You have two of the last games at home, but, like, we've only seen LeBron do it, come back on this Warriors team from 3-1 in the NBA Finals ever. So uh, you're not sitting pretty. Like, Steph, I hate when how everyone says, like, oh, this is a must-win when it's not really a must-win. Like, it's it's not technically because they have two of the next three at home, but, like, you, you can't go down 3-1. You can't. You yeah, it's a must-win. 43, minutes if you're betting on the Warriors, and if you want the Warriors to win this championship tonight, in my opinion, it's a must-win. And, and tonight's, and tonight's the last night to bet them if you want to bet them, because you're not you're not gonna get them in good odds again. This is the time to bet them. If they if they go two two and they have two of the last three games at home, they're going to be minus one twenty to win the finals or whatever something like that because they have two of the last three at home. If you want them at plus odds, I don't have it up, but I guarantee they're over like plus two hundred right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the how the rest of the final shakes out. I mean, the Celtics, I think, feel like they're in control. Um. And obviously, the game tonight is gonna pay big dividends to that. Um. You know, last time the Celtics were in the NBA Finals, bro, twenty ten. And Jason Tatum was twelve. Marcus Smart was sixteen. Jalen Brown was thirteen. So it's like, to me, it's. You know, the Celtics have this this aura, kind of like the Lakers, right? This old, you know, a lot of championships. That's like, bro, like, this is what gets me so damn mad about the Celtics, dog. Like, I get they've made a couple runs to the conference finals, um, but you've seen their guys fall fall up short. Um, I just hope they don't fall up short over these last they've few been, games. I'm just saying. They had no business even being there most of those years. Like, they took LeBron James to seven games in the conference finals when LeBron was in the year that many people say is one of the best LeBron years they've ever seen in the J.R. Smith year where J.R. Smith fucked up the first round. Like, that's one of the best LeBrons I've ever seen. They took him to seven games. Like, this, you, you overlook this team, I'm telling you. Like, there is, there is something to having your best two players be wings that can kind of do it all. Like, neither one's the best ball handler in the world, but they can both do it. They both play great defense. They both can create, create offense. They both drive well, like, I've said it many times. Listen, bro. I've gotten burned for. I've gotten burned by some takes before, and all I'm trying to say is, how would how are you gonna feel if the Celtics don't win this finals? Are you gonna you'd be like, damn. Oh, you know what? You'd be feeling like the Suns. You'd be feeling like the Suns. Like, yeah, they made it, man. They're gonna make it back there next year. The Suns window is way more like this because you have your DeAndre in, entirely in question, and Chris Paul at any time is like. When is it going? When is his body going to realize he's 38 years old, like it did in the last few games of the Dallas series right now? Like this is literally—I don't have their exact ages. I want to say like 24 and 25, maybe for Tatum and Brown, respectfully, something like that. But like, and Rob Williams is what, like 21, 22. Marcus Smart, like 28. Al Horford's the only piece on there that's like older and like, oh, is he going to be like this? And like. With Rob Williams coming into form, not that he's an exact replica of Al Horford, like I think they'll be able to kind of navigate that. The Derek Derek White trade panned out very well for them. Yeah, um, I saw I saw Brad Stevens doing an interview saying how like Derek White was their, you know, maybe he's just hyping his own pickup, but Derek White was their number one target at the trade deadline. Brad Stevens like I've loved him forever. When I used to coach again against them, I wanted him on our team. I wanted to be able to coach him. I thought he'd be. A yeah, man, I give the I give the Celtics some credit for sure. I mean, bringing in Al Horford like they did and Derek White and and, and keeping Jalen and and Jalen together and, and and leaving Marcus Smart and 
bringing in Ime Doko, who's been really able to change the culture here. Absolutely, dog. Totally. But I'm just saying, it ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. And I just got to wait and see. You got time for a couple of uh, other NBA headlines I have? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one second. I said it a few times on here. I don't know if it still holds true because there are a lot of great NBA duos out there right now. But I don't know what the time span I said, but I would say like Jason Brown, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum is who I want going forward. And that was, I don't know, maybe like one conference finals in when we were saying that. They've been great last year, and I think they're going to continue being great. Like they're very few, like, yeah, maybe a Giannis and Chris Middleton or a Luka and whoever the fuck you want to include because they're incredible. But like in terms of like two guys that pull a semi-even weight, I think they're the best two in the league. Um, you know, people would maybe say Devin Booker and Chris Paul, but I'm talking like projecting going forward too. I, I said it for a while and I, I do truly believe that. Like I'm not a, I'm a Knicks fan. I'm not a Celtics fan. I've always enjoyed watching the Celtics and Tatum and Brown. Yeah. Well, let me just say something. Let me just say something too, because I do, I do like Jason Tatum and I do like Jalen Brown. I like Jalen Brown a lot. But let me just say I really something. Like I like both of those guys. I really do. Um, it sucks that they're on the Celtics, but I like both of them for real. Al Horford, Al Horford, if they win this championship, Al Horford's going to retire. Marcus Smart, floppy smart as I like to call him. Floppy smart as I like to call him. This dude is literally just on a on a playoff high. Because I'm telling you right now, he he is not going to be able to take your team and be a point guard and, and defensive player of the year and all this bullshit again. Like, you know what? It's just a magical season for Marcus, floppy smart as I like to call him. And this ain't happening again. And I go and look at the rest of the roster, like, okay, Derek White, you bring him in, like, okay, he's having a magical run, too, because he just had a birth of his child. Like, do I see Derek White contributing like this for the Celtics going forward? Like, no, dude. So you're relying on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, which, fine duo, very fine duo, but not a top duo for me in the league. Like, maybe top three, four, five, but I would not have them as the top duo in the league. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. What is going on with the Celtics right now is a collective team effort. That's all I'm trying to say. It's it's beautiful to watch. It's beautiful to watch. And, you know, they play good team defense, good team offense. A lot of things that a lot of people say is not in the NBA in today's NBA. Um, it's a bunch of bullshit to me because today's NBA is much better than 80s, 90s NBA. So everybody that wants to bring all that in and then they got the ratings higher than shit because you got the Celtics and the Warriors, two team-friendly teams uh, playing defense and offense both in the finals. I mean, it's just stupid to me. So just don't even watch it then. It's the same way I feel about the live golf. Okay. You fucking... Hold on. What? Hold on. You are on just a Celtics tirade right now. I don't think it's necessary to feel like they're the best duo in the league. I think they're who I'd want going forward. If I could pick, like, two core guys on my team, that's who I'd want. Like, if I'm assuming I'm not including, like, Luka or Giannis just because them individually are obviously so good, where, yeah, maybe they're ahead. Um, but... I don't think Marcus Smart is having a fluky season. He's averaged six assists the last two years in the league, two turnovers the last two years in the league. That's been up a little bit, the assists in the playoffs. You're not going to average much more than six assists when you have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, obviously Derek White there now, like the ball's in their hands a lot. Having a point guard who's one of the best defenders at the point guard position in the league, I think Mikel Bridges... Why when he's healthy, some other guys, even Rudy Gobert, Rob Williams are probably better, more impactful defenders. But at the guard position, Marcus Smart's one of the best ones in the league. So if you have a guy who can facilitate, and yeah, not at like a prime John Wall, Russell Westbrook, Harden level of facilitating, 
But, like, you know, he can facilitate. And then you have him alongside Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, when all those guys can play defense. That is a collective. Like, I hear you. Nothing on the Celtics individually besides Jason Tatum on his, like, like, holy fuck, that's incredible. But Rob Williams, I don't think Al Horford's retiring. The sum of their parts, to me, makes them, like, probably one of the best title contenders for years to come in the league. Not that they're going Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Well, it's such fucking hyperbole. One of the best with the Bucks, with the Mavericks, because they have Luka, and those those would be my, those would be my top three if I'm picking going going forward. Maybe for like I don't know teams that are like it's usually star power and well run teams, and I think the Celtics. All right, listen, bro. Whoever wins this finals, whoever wins this finals, I'm basically I'm losing anyways because I I had some takes on the Warriors not being able to make it back, and they're here and have a chance to win another championship. I think there's a lot of interesting things that come out of that. If the Celtics win this championship, I said Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and all these guys would never, you know, get to a finals and finally get over the hump and win a championship. They are two wins away from doing so. So either way, we'll have some interesting storylines going forward to see how they kind of surface, obviously, going forward. And to me, those are some some of the interesting ones. How the Celtics how the Celtics perform after this finals going forward is is a big one for me. And what happens to the Warriors after this finals is, is going to be very interesting to me as well. Obviously, with the Kevin Durant connection and all that kind of that comes in it with Draymond talking about it on his podcast. Uh, let's switch off the finals. There's enough of that. I wanted to touch on a few NBA uh, topics I had for you before you had to go. Um, I mentioned the draft last time, and then I got cut off and had to go to work. So I need to come back to that real quick. Please tell me you caught the draft lottery. Yeah. I thought the Thunder had an incredible night in the draft lottery and I'm super excited. I know um I know there's, you know, a few guys that are up at the top for number 1, obviously Chet Holmgren. Um there's a guy out of Auburn, I think Jabari Smith maybe. Um Jaden Ivy Jaden Ivy's up there. The top 3 consensus right now is uh Jabari Smith Chet Holmgren and Pablo Benchero. Yeah, Pablo Benchero. Yeah. Um, Sharp, who didn't play last year, and a few others are kind of like right behind those guys. So the Magic, Magic get the number one overall pick. I think it's the third time they've had it in franchise history. They selected Shaq. um, I had the stat on it. Dwight Howard and one other. Um, But that's really cool for the Magic. Um, I'm excited. I don't know if they're going to take Chet Holmgren or not. but I'm looking, here we go, I'm looking at what, how it shook out. So the Thunder have the second pick, and then the, the Thunder also have uh, the 12th pick. So I'm looking at two picks in the top 14. We're looking to pick second. And the way I see it is, if, I don't know, I've talked to you about Chet Holmgren before, and I think Chet Holmgren's going to be a good NBA player, but if I'm a Thunder fan, and I am, I'm not trying to get Chet Holmgren, to be honest. So I'm actually hoping the Magic decide they want Chet Holmgren because I'd be so pumped with Pablo Banchero, to be honest. That'd be sick. Um, and the way it sits for the Thunder is if they decide someone else, then you got one of these other cream-of-the-crop guys. Like, there's cream-of-the-crop guys in this. And all I've been talking about for the Thunder on here is, damn, we got all these picks, man. We got all these picks. But we're never into the cream-of-the-crop. Where it's like, can we get just one guy that maybe can change the franchise and wants to get other guys to come here and play? This might be the opportunity, and that was a great night for me. I was hyped for that. 
And great job by the NBA, by the way, that just has the draft lottery on some random night when all they have on is baseball and probably first round of hockey playoffs. And I'm just tuned in, hyped as fuck, looking at these lottery balls because they had no NBA games that night or something. It, just great. And I, you know, I'm real pumped. Bro. I'm pumped for the draft because there's a lot of great young players coming out in this draft as well with what we've seen out of uh, college basketball, which has been impressive in my opinion. Nick's got the 11th pick, by the way. Yeah, so I was just going to say, I was looking up the stat. The not ideal. Classic Knicks, classic Knicks fan stat. The Knicks um, have not moved up a single time in the lottery lottery since winning the lottery in the inaugural edition in 1985. It has been 15, 21, 36 years, and the Knicks have not moved up in the lottery. That doesn't mean like the one. That means like projected at 11 and haven't gotten to 10. In 36 Yeah, you want to know a worse stat about the Knicks? And I'm sure you saw this, but this is fucking ridiculous to me that this is actually true. <sighs> a former Knicks player has made the NBA Finals in every season since 1947. Current Celtic Luke Cornett played for New York from 2017 to 19. Now, I know this dude doesn't play, but that is a stat that Rich just didn't need to know today. That's incredible to me. That's incredible. Honestly, my, you, that's I incredible to me. When I heard that, would be like, well, okay, what's it like for the Lakers and the Celtics and the Six? Like, I don't know. A lot of players play for a lot of teams. I feel like that's a similar stat for many teams. Like, maybe the Knicks have it worse than anyone, but I feel like it's similar for many. Because, like, a lot of guys rotate through a lot of teams. But, yeah, that that's a little unfortunate. Um, but back to what you were talking about, yeah, I think it's great for the Thunder. I don't think... Obviously, you can lose. You can pick the wrong guy. But I think, like, in the moment, in the draft lottery, in the draft, there's, like, no way for them to lose. Because, like, as things are viewed right now, before we have the entire context of what their careers are going to be like, it is viewed from, not that I know a shitload about college basketball, but from everyone whose stuff I listen to that knows a lot more than me, those three guys, Jabari, Banchero, Chet Holmgren, are the top three. They're yeah. The consensus top three. Yeah. I don't think you can lose with the second pick. Now, obviously, if you take Banchero and he sucks and the other Jabari, Smith, and Holmgren are hits, well, then you fucking lost. But that's five years from now. But like, yeah. in the moment, I think it's no matter who the Magic take at one, you're sitting there in the Thunder and you're like, word. Yep. I also wonder, obviously, the Thunder have a lot of picks. If the Magic really, really like someone... I don't think they'd take, they'd move down. But if the Magic are in a similar boat and they're like, I mean, we would take any of these top three guys that are all kind of like bigger wings, not really center wing type, like power forward type guys. Like, yeah, we could take any of them. And if, um, am I fucking blanking on his name? Uh, Sam Presti, if Sam Presti really likes um, one of these guys, it wouldn't surprise me if he was like, yeah, we have, shit loads of picks here take two and 12 we're taking one i'm not letting you guys take holmgren i want him i think he's been great and whoever it is sam Presti's probably been one of the best evaluators of talent like the last couple years just maybe gets a little overhyped sometimes but i don't know i think yeah. he's been a very good drafter overall and good at bringing guys in and kind of getting them to have value a year from then when other teams didn't think they did so it's great for them who's at three the rockets rockets, yeah, rockets yeah rockets at three Rockets are an interesting one because uh, yeah, I just don't know. I'm sure one of them will fit well there. They just have such a weird team. Magic, Magic, Thunder, Rockets, Kings, Pistons, Pacers, Blazers round out the top seven. 
were the team that moved up a lot. But the Rockets just have such an odd team where it seems like the team that I could be wrong, but it might be one of the hardest for the get, one of these guys to get off the floor with. Not that the Magic will be easier, but I think at least with the Thunder, like you have Shea and you have Josh Giddy, who are guys that are looking to move the ball and should be really good guys for another talented young guy to play with and kind of like see if he can come into form, let him get minutes. The Rockets, you have Jalen Green, Porter Jr., and yeah. Christian Wood, who are all like offense first. Not they need a big, we'll bro. Jay- we'll see with Jalen Green. Like, if I were the Rockets, whether it's separate trades or the same trade, I'd probably just be looking to move Porter Jr. and Christian Wood and be like, all right, Jalen Green and whoever we pick, Jabari Smith, and let's get some pieces back for these two and start building an actual team. Because they just have. They have too many offensive options for whoever it is, Jabari, Holmgren, Banchero, to I feel like get a fair offensive shot. It's like, yeah, we need some people looking to move the ball to our, like, rookie power forward who can do something instead of Kevin Porter Jr. coming down the floor and shooting and not letting our main guys get the ball. So, like, I think Kevin Porter Jr. is a solid player, but it's just, I don't know. Him and Christian Wood, I'd be looking to move if I was the Rockets personally. Yeah, um... I'm excited for how the draft shakes out for sure. I thought the draft lottery was cool, and I'm pumped up as a Thunder fan. Uh, I thought another interesting story, along with the fact that uh, we're still waiting to hear about player movement. I've been hearing a lot about Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Yeah, I saw that. Um, Is basically coaching vacancies. I just wanted to touch on Darvin Ham quick, and I know, oh man, we're talking Lakers. Dude, I like I like this hire. I saw Darvin Ham's interview, and I saw Russ literally in the same like just there watching the interview live, and you know it was that is what I was asking for uh, out of a coach or out of who was coaching you know because it, Russ he needs somebody to do that, bro. Like you know what I'm saying? Like everyone everyone's comparing this situation to like Melo's situation where he didn't want to be a bench guy or he didn't want to take a more of a role player type of role and it wouldn't contribute in other areas. I feel, I still think Russ is able to do that, man. I know Russ coming off of this incredibly sad season is it's like hard to even fathom that he'll be able to gather any of that going forward. But you know, if you're the Lakers, you're kind of stuck with that. I mean, we've talked about this here plenty of times. Uh, you know, I think if you're a Lakers fan and you're trying to win it as much as you can and win a championship, this season, it's going to be with Russ on the team. It's going to be with Russ, Anthony Davidson, and LeBron. I mean, that's just how you set it up, and hopefully you can get some better role players in around them. Um, I do think, and basically how I feel about this hire is there's, it's not like Darvin Ham is going to get fired because of Russ not playing well or or what happens with this season. So it's, to me, house money for Darvin Ham. I think he's going to be extremely successful. I'm not going to come out and say the Lakers are going to be up and away improved than they were last year, which, by the way, they couldn't even make the play-in. Um, but let me just remind you, they do have LeBron James. And if Anthony Davis can stay somewhat healthier, um, which he's not been able to do, and I've been talking about that for a minute, and Russ is able to play somewhat more efficient and a little bit better defense and buys in a little bit better and you get in some role players, yeah, dude, I, I don't think the Lakers are going to be sellouts and not in the playing tournament like we saw this year. So I'm excited to see how things work out for not only Russ, for Darvin Ham. And I know it comes across as a little biased, but I do think Russ does have something to give. And I'm looking forward to seeing if he, he's able to do so because it looks like he's going to have to stick around. It looks like he's going to stick around in, in L.A. And 
I'm excited for that. As much as he gets a lot of criticism and all the hate mail and, and social media hate and all that, um, you know, I'm down with this dude trying to perform somewhere. And to me, this is the only spot he's able to do it at this point. Um, to, me, to me, it's – I mean, I think the Lakers are obviously going to be better. Now, I say obviously at the same time. Pelicans will be better. Not that I think the Kings will be better than the Lakers. The Kings probably hope to be better. Like, the West is just stacked. The Nuggets are on top of the Lakers. They're going to be better, absolutely. The West is just absolutely stacked. So, like, assuming Anthony Davis's health, it's hard to imagine the Lakers being worse, no matter what Russell Westbrooker is doing. Like, even if LeBron takes a very slight step back. LeBron missed there's 82 games in a season. LeBron played 56 games. So what? LeBron missed 26 games. Anthony Davis played 40 games. So Anthony Davis missed 42 games. So, like, yeah, Russell. the tough part for Russell Westbrook is you'd imagine on the games where, granted, the Lakers don't have a very talented roster without LeBron and Anthony Davis playing, but you'd imagine on the games where they're not playing is when you get, like, that close-to-prime Russ and, Russ needs shooters around him just like LeBron was, and this team wasn't equipped for either one of them to succeed with, but we still weren't even seeing some of those games. He's lost a step on the defensive end. He definitely can't really shoot anymore. Um, so, I don't know. I shr- I struggle to see, other than, like, the effort and penetration towards the hoop sometimes, like, what he's going to really provide them with, but I think the Lakers are going to be better as a whole, like, the best case scenario for Russell Westbrook to me is he gets like I enjoy watching Russell Westbrook be Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook can't be Russell Westbrook unless LeBron James isn't out there and the Lakers somehow fill their team with good talent, which I just don't. Maybe maybe they pull off some miracle this season. I don't know. In which case, fine. Let's give it another run, I guess. But to me, I'd like to see Russ on like a Wizards type situation again. Like I I enjoyed watching Russ on the Wizards. Like. I don't know. You're probably not going to win a championship like that. Like, you're not on the team like the Wizards, but he was at least able to play like Russ. I mean, you can't do that on the Lakers. I just don't see it going. The Lakers themselves, I think it'll probably go better. You know, it's like when Duke was giving me shit when I saw him the other day. You know, Russ? Hey, oh, hey. Listen. You shit. That is listen. Very, that is very fair reasoning. If you want to argue something back, fine. But I don't think that's just giving shit. That no. Like a what I'm trying to say situation. is y'all, y'all are taking my fandom and admiration and been a Russ guy for as long as I can remember where it's like, bro, I've told you, I don't think Russ can be even close to that type of Russ that I, that I grew up loving and watching. So can we stop holding him to that standard? Can we stop expecting Russ to be playing like that? That's not how he's going to play dog. He's going to have to find a niche to play another way. And I think Darvin Ham hopefully will be able to do that for him. Because Frank Vogel was expecting prime Russ. And a lot of these guys, Lakers fans, expecting prime Russ. No, seriously. You expect him to go out there. And he's playing, by the way, pretty good this past season with all the blunders and all the mistakes. He played 81 games and I thought he had a pretty good season. So I I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that from anybody. So this is my question to you then. You think Dar- Darwin Ham can kind of make it work a little bit better? Fine. Maybe maybe he's a better coach. I think Frank um, Vogel's a pretty good coach. Now, he's more experienced on or is, like, more highly regarded on the defensive end than the offensive end. So if you want to say Ham can make this work a little better for us, fine. My question when I was rebuttaling to you with that whole thing was not, like, oh, he'll never be prime Russ. I know he'll never be prime Russ again. That's not happening. I'm more saying I struggle to see – 
how he can be a net positive. This is what I've been saying for over a year, how he can be a net positive playing on the court with LeBron James. It's not a Russell Westbrook thing. It's a duplicate duplicating skill sets. It's like if you put fucking Draymond Green and Dennis Rodman on the same team, it's like, well, we now only have five. It's obviously very different. Neither of them can, you know, different skill sets. But it's like, okay, we now we have two guys playing the exact same role that can't play the other roles we need them to play. Like, if LeBron James is on the court, we know he needs spot-up shooters. We also know that Russell Westbrook, regardless of if he's in his prime or is right now, does not do a whole lot off the ball. That's, he's not alone in that. Plenty of other guys are like that. James Harden, Trey Young, plenty of guys don't do shit off the ball. But the problem is those other guys, when they don't do shit off the ball, can shoot. So they're at least spacing the floor a little bit. Teams don't even guard Russ. So if you're not moving off the ball and you're not spacing the floor and you don't have the ball in your hands all the time because LeBron needs it in his hand a lot of the time, I struggle to see what you're bringing that's a net positive. So I guess my question to you is, yes, it could be a tiny bit better, but I don't see how Ham fixes all of those things. Like, that is a problem of Russ and LeBron being on the same team, even if LeBron, you know, Russell Westbrook might be greater, better. If he was elsewhere, I don't see how it happens if LeBron's next to him and they don't have shooters. Yeah, you make fair points, Rich, but I guess my my rebuttal to that would be, bro, We, you know what we didn't see a lot of? was Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James on the court together. And it, it kind of reminds me how things shook out for uh, the Brooklyn Big Three that we talked about as the best Big Three of all time and played a total of 20 games together. Like, let's see if these guys can play on the court a little bit more together. Maybe with this new system, they definitely need better role pe- players around them. Hopefully some defenders that can help out these defensive efficiencies that we've seen. And hopefully Anthony Davis can have a season like he... Hopefully, should be having as a, t- a top player in this league. So to me, it, like all this flat comes out like, oh man, dude, I don't know what Russ is gonna be, able- dude. What Russ is gonna be able to do is hopefully have Anthony Davis playing better, right? You can dish to him. Hopefully, LeBron is on the court. Hopefully, there's spot up shooters that can play some defense on the court. Like, like to me, it's. Russell Westbrook is completely washed. Like, all right, that's where we're at, bro. Like, it's the same thing I was saying about James Harden. It's the same thing I was saying about James Harden then. I'm just saying. Like, I'm just saying. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm not. Like, you're basically telling me Russell Westbrook is is washed. That's basically what I'm hearing from you. Or if he goes to another. Washed in terms of with the Lakers. Washed in terms of with the Lakers. Absolutely. That's what you feel. Russell Westbrook on the Lakers with LeBron James. Is washed. washed as a player. I think if you put him on the Washington Wizards, if you put, if you replaced him with LaMelo Ball, I'm not saying the Hornets would be better. I'm saying he could do Russell Westbrook things because he could run in offense, be the guy, have shooters around him. He wouldn't be Brian Russell Westbrook because he's not Brian Russell Westbrook anymore. He's not going to win an MVP. But could he go out there and drop 40 triple doubles and average like 24 10 and 9 or something like that? Yeah, he probably could on another team. I don't think he can on the Lakers. It's not really a... He's not who he was. Yes, and that's what I've been saying to you since he's joined the Lakers, is he was not asked to join the Lakers to have those type of stats, to to produce at that type of level. He was asked to join the Lakers. one question. This is my only question. I've said this multiple times. I hear you. How, even if Anthony Davis is healthy, LeBron is healthy, and say... I don't even know. Who are two great shooters? You somehow, you pull off a, a trade with... You get Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero on the floor. Anthony Davis and LeBron. And then Russell Westbrook. 
you now have probably as good of shooting as you can get on the court with LeBron and Russell Westbrook on the court. What's still happening is Russell Westbrook's guy is not guarding him and helping clog up the paint, and they're going to put a center on Russell Westbrook who can just patrol the paint and do Robert Williams style, what the Celtics have done a lot with teams that do that. Rudy Gobert, when they can, with teams that do that. He's going to control the paint. Now it's harder for LeBron to drive. It's harder for Russ to drive. It's harder for AD to get in the paint because Russ isn't being guarded. You need Russ to, if your Russ's man isn't going to guard him, similar to Draymond, you need the ball in their hands. That's why the Warriors do so many dribble handoffs with Draymond. You need the ball in his hands because that way defenders have to step up and guard him. Because if you don't, you're not stepping up and guarding him, Draymond can hand it off to Steph like on a quick like handoff screen, and Steph's getting an open shot because your man wasn't stepped up, stepped up on the screen. But if you have the ball in LeBron James's hand, the Russ's guy never has to guard Russ. He just doesn't until he steps into the paint. What's more likely to happen to you? The, the Lakers being a bottom seed in the West or the Lakers coming out this next season and, like, shocking everybody because apparently everybody thinks the Lakers are just torched and done. Like, like what do you see – what do you what do you think is more likely? What do you think is more likely to happen? Because I, I go with the latter. I go with the latter. I'm impressing everyone. Is that, like, a top one seed? Well, I don't know. Everybody has them, like, oh, LeBron's done. Russ is washed. Anthony Davis is not a top 20 player anymore. Who knows what's everybody's got the Lakers as garbage and it's like all right dude let's just chill the fuck out for a second and let's wait and see how this season plays out. It's too early to predict because I need to see if they bring in better role players in free agency. But assuming they bring in some moderate level like 3 and D guys like a little bit better than they did last year. I will say I think they have a better this is not my prediction. I think they have a better chance of being a top four seed than a bottom four seed. Yeah, so... Uh, I, I would agree with that. Okay, <laughs> okay. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. I just wanted to make sure that's where we're at. in the middle. I do not think they will be a top four seed. Fair, that's fair. The is probably somewhere in the middle. Yep, that's fair. I think that's fine. I'm glad we're on the same page. Um, I know you got to go, so I just want to I just want to say this before you have to go. Um, because I heard this today, and... This is, uh, this is actually getting me pissed off now. Because I see all these stories uh, that the the, NBA, uh, the NFL is covering. Uh, you got you got Aaron Donald extension, Cooper Cup extension. You got obviously this atrocity that's going on with Deshaun Watson. You got all the moves that happened this year. You got Baker Mayfield. You got this. You got that. You got draft. You know what no one's talked about, Rich? You want to know what I've heard nobody talk about, Rich? And now everyone's kind of like, oh, look, he's back. Look, he's back. You know what no one has talked about, Rich? This fucking sham retirement of Tom Brady, which I told you, oh, I want to spend more time with my family and kids. Well, we found out that was a lie because it was a plot to get to a new team, which, by the way, no one's talking about. And also, also, now that he's just back, oh, the Bucks are the second favorite to win the Super Bowl. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Jesus fucking Christ. Literally, at this point, this is how. This is why, cause, cause Tom Brady, all he cares about right now, uh, realistically, is his brand, his clothing line, all this extracurricular playing in the match, fucking building up his sham retirement. You know what? I, I guarantee you, he's not as focused on is winning a championship. Cause let's just be real. If 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 Tom Brady, no seriously, no, I think this is hilarious. That Tom Brady, all of a sudden, people are like, "Oh, look, Tom Brady's retired. He's retired for 40, 40 days, and now all of a sudden, it's like, oh, look, Tom Brady's back. He's gonna win the Super Bowl." Like, bro, come on, bro. You cannot be, 
You cannot be into a point where you're seriously considering retirement and also still thinking that he's going to win an NFL championship. I just don't want to hear it, dude. I just don't want to fucking hear it. And, and I just need to know one thing. I just need to know one thing. Why are more people not talking about the fact that this is exactly how things went down with this dude? He lied about a retirement. He hijacked the Super Bowl week with a retirement. 40 days later to lie. Also had a coach fired so he could come back to get to it. All this shit that no one's talking about because it's Tom Brady. If this is any other player, we'd be talking about. If this was the Sean Watson situation rather than the situation they're actually going for that we're talking about constantly when the dude should just be suspended, by the way. Like, this is just a fucking joke to me, dude. We're more talking about Baker Mayfield and where he could go and where Baker Mayfield could be a, a potentially backup or a starting quarterback than Tom Brady and what he's done this offseason. The best quarterback in the league. The greatest of all time. And we're not talking about any of the stuff he's done this offseason. It's a fucking joke to me. It's absolutely a joke to me. So, Bill Simmons actually has, he's the only person I've heard talk about this on his podcast several times, like, going, people hate Bill Simmons, he's like, he's not like Stephen A, but there are times where Stephen A says stuff, and you're like, you might think he sounds crazy, but the dude is plugged in and talks to people who know what the fuck they're talking about. So, like, he'll say some wild shit, but he's also informed on a lot of the wild shit he's saying, and Bill Simmons, on everything Brady-related has been spot on for months on his podcast. And, like, going back to last season, he's like, he's like, I've heard a bunch of stuff. Like, he's probably done with the Buccaneers after the season. He's trying to go. There was one other team, the Dolphins, and somewhere else. He wants an ownership stake. He wants to play one year in the Dolphins, ownership stake. That whole thing got fucked up by, I forget what it was. Yep, racist, yeah. racist, uh, the thing with Brian Flores. Absolutely, yep. Yeah, but then the Bill Belichick tax and stuff like that. And Bill, Bill Simmons is always like, I don't know, I think Bill Belichick knew about the plan through that text to fuck it up. Like, kind of joking, conspiracy-wise. But anyway, that's besides the point. Bill Simmons actually, I wish I knew which podcast, because you'd enjoy listening to it. Like, Bill Simmons is a Brady fan, but does a deep dive into, like, he's a huge Patriots Celtics fan, but does a deep dive into, like, your side of things. And he's been kind of, like, shitting on Brady like he wanted people to. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is crazy, dude. My only response, two other things. My only response to you is, you're right. It probably should be a story, but also it's like the 24-hour news cycle. Like, everyone just wants the newest thing, which is like, oh, my God, is Baker going to play now? Oh, my God, is Deshaun Watson ever going to play again? You're right. The Brady thing, like, in the grand scheme of things, is a bigger story because he's the bigger player. I mean, it's just John Watson thing's wild, but it's not like, it's like, okay, the dude's not going to be playing football. Let's talk about him on, like, CNN or something for being, like, a fucking creep rather than talking about him on ESPN and, like, shut the fuck up about it already. But last thing I'll say here is I don't know that I necessarily agree with the Buccaneers being the second favorite, but let's just do a quick little exercise here. Who is the favorite? Was it the Rams to win it all? Yeah. I'm assuming it is. Okay, so let's just do a little exercise. I don't – I'll maybe give my opinion. I don't really know where I stand, but just scrolling through here – Try and be as unbiased as you can. Do you think the Buccaneers or the Packers have a better shot at winning the Super Bowl? And I'm going to ask you a few, so we'll try, we'll try. We'll try and be quick. You can give a little second explanation if you want. But to me, to me, it's like, come on. To me, to me, the Packers' best receiver right now, Alan Lazard. Like, come on. Yeah. No. It's. I mean. Yeah. It's fair. I mean, I, I know what you can do for an exercise, Rich. But I guess my point no, is... I, I honestly want to get your opinion. I'm not trying to, like, prove you wrong. I'm honestly just trying to, like... I don't have a stance on this either. Like, I'm interested in going through a few of the top teams and seeing, like, where you stand on the Bucks versus them. The Packers was one I thought clearly uh, the Bucks, But 
where do you stand on if the Chiefs or the Bucks should be higher in the Super Bowl odds? So obviously in different divisions, but still. I think every AFC team that I would name that is a top four or five team in the AFC should be ahead of the Bucks. So we don't even need to go through any AFC teams. If you want to go through the NFC, you want to say the Packers, fair. They lost a lot of wide receiver help. They still have Aaron Rodgers. As much as I feel about Aaron Rodgers, I think Aaron Rodgers can uh, outperform Tom Brady in a playoff game if, if it come down to it. When you go look at the... One has Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and, and the other has Alan Lazard and Aaron Ro- or Amari Rodgers. Yeah, that's fine. You know, whatever. Not enough weapons, fine. Well, let's just bring into the other aspects of the, the sport because Tom Brady's won a lot of games on that. Defense, running, all that. Okay, let's look at some of the other teams in the NFC that I guess would be vying to compete with um, the Bucks. Just, just before we leave the AFC, I think the only rebuttal to the Kansas City point is I think the only reason Kansas City is not above the Bucks is because their division is just going to be a bloodbath. Where if the Chargers or the Chiefs, maybe even the Broncos, were in another division, they'd probably be favored to win their division, would be higher in the odds. I think the Chiefs, I think he might be right. They might have a better shot at the Super Bowl, but I think what's hurting them is that that division is going to beat the shit out of each other, and they could all finish like. Eight and they go all for 17 games now, whatever, like nine and eight or some shit, like 10 and seven, something like that, because it's going to be such a good division. But I, I, I tend to lean to agree with you on that one. But I think the division pushes them down in the title odds, probably. Dude, I'd make an argument that the entire AFC West is going to be better than the Bucks. Um, yeah, but like the thing is, when it comes to odds, like, only one okay, let me ask you, let me ask you a question then. Let me just ask you one question then. What? Why do you think the Bucs are going to be good this year? Tom Brady being there? that That's why you think the Bucs are going to be good? I'm just curious. Like, I'm curious of why you think the Bucs are going to be so good. Like, because of their receiving core, which, by the way, I think Godwin's coming off an ACL. He ain't going to be there. Is Gronk still on the team? I don't know what's happening with Gronk. What's going on with some of these guys that they had to come and get back? Oh, they got a few back, but not all of them. Like, do you think that Tom Brady is the type of dude that can just win 10, 11, 12 games now and make a playoff run, and win a Super Bowl at the age of, what, 45? Never had a quarterback at the starting uh, at the age of 45 in the NFL? Uh, no, no. So oh, so this oh, propaganda, oh, this oh, propaganda, oh, yeah, I'm asking you the question. I- I'm just saying this propaganda built up that like, oh man, yo, he could still get it done, no problem, like he's Patrick Mahomes, like he's Joe Burrow, like he's Josh Allen. I'm sorry. That is, I don't see that. <laughs> If they're making a run, it's because their defense is incredible, their running is incredible, and that's how they won that Super Bowl when he's on the Bucs. So I don't want to fucking, I don't want to hear that, oh man, okay. the Bucs are going to be real good because of Tom Brady being back. Give me a fucking break, you just dude. Asked me, you just asked me, the question is about the Bucs, not just Tom Brady. And then you go into like, well, it can't just be because of Tom Brady. They have all this other great stuff. Yep. Yes, that's part of the reason the Bucs are favored. It's not just because of Tom Brady. The, the reason their odds of such a big jump is because going from having question mark at your quarterback, like, I don't know, to being like, actually, Tom Brady, regardless of if he's 45, is a massive upgrade. Because no matter how you feel about Tom Brady, I'll give you the Aaron Rodgers is who I'd rather have quarterbacking my team right now. But no matter how you feel about Tom Brady, there's probably not more than, like, tops, like, six, maybe for you, like, seven, me, even you, eight, I don't know. Like, I know you're lower on Tom Brady. He's going to be in the top 10 quarterbacks for most people, like even the top five in the league right now. I don't know where I'd have him ranked. I'd have to go through it. But, like, regardless, he is... We've been doing the same up. fucking shit Hold for, up. like, Hold two up. seasons. I'm pulling up his... Do you want my real reason? I just pulled up um, 
his season results here from every season ever. You can call it a lame reason if you want. The last time a Tom Brady team missed the playoffs was in 2008, and then before that was in 2002. So, like, I just think it's, it's like LeBron James. Like, yeah, LeBron didn't make the playoffs this year. It's a losing proposition to bet on their downfall, especially when they're surrounded by good parts. LeBron was the exception this year. He wasn't surrounded by great parts because of injuries and because of roster moves. But for Tom Brady, I'd say he's surrounded by some pretty great parts. And regard, even if Tom Brady is taking a step back, which people should expect him to at 45, I, they, I can promise you the Bucks will not be my pick or my top two pick to win the World, next the World Series series the super bowl this year but i understand why they're up there like i it makes sense to me they have a great roster and a quarterback who to your like you say specializes in kind of like maybe not even like overachieving now just kind of like doing what has to be done sometimes even doing the bare minimum but doing what has to be done when other quarterbacks don't so like yeah he's 45 but he's still a smart enough guy one of the best quarterbacks in the league and has a well-rounded team around like I get it I don't know I would have the Rams ahead of them I would have I'd have to scroll through right now I don't know that I'd actually have the Chiefs ahead of them just because their division the Bengals is an interesting one. like it, it are is. you forgetting that Bruce Arians is not their head coach anymore no. and that they have Todd Bowles head coaching or do you just not give a fuck about that it's like Tom Brady's the coach I mean, like look, I'm not nothing I'm saying right now is like I'm right about this and this is how it's going to be like I don't know. I know Todd Bowles was like a coach with the Jets. I know it didn't go great. Like, I don't know enough to be like, well, the whole thing's going to become crumbling down because Todd Bowles is the coach now. Like, I don't, I don't know. Do you we'll think see, it, we'll do you, it more likely to happen? Bucks win a Super Bowl or Bucks miss the playoffs? You're on the side of Bucks winning a Super Bowl. Mm, no, no. I think for almost every team in the league, it's more likely to miss the playoffs than win a Super Bowl, even the Rams. Okay. Because, like, in, injuries are a thing. Injuries are a thing. Like, it is way harder to win the Super Bowl than to have something go wrong and miss the playoffs to me. All right, brother. The only, I think may, football, it's too easy. I think in the NBA, you can do that. Like, for the Bucks, more likely to win a championship or miss the playoffs next year, more likely to win a championship. That, uh, that's, like, an easy answer to me. If something happens to Giannis, well, then shit, I was wrong. But in football, like, I think there's a lot more variance. One player going down and swing it a lot, yeah. Yep. Quarterback going down specifically. It's a fair take. All right. Um, yeah, I'm literally scrolling through trying to figure out, like, who my second team would be. I'm not saying it's the Bucks, but I think the Rams are the clear favorite. And then you start, like, like I wouldn't pick the Bucks because I don't think they are. But I'm struggling on who, like, the Bills. I guess I'd say the Bills. I'd say the Bills. That's second. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's crazy. Rams, to Rams, me, Bills. to me, I'm looking – and this is what I know what they which is the opening night uh, game which by the way is probably going to be a preview Rams Bills opening kickoff game oh wow that's sick um, what I'm looking at if I'm trying to pick this and which is definitely what Vegas does too is like who has the path of least resistance like who do I look at their division and be like well they should win that division unless something goes very wrong and I think that's part of why the Bucks are up there like the Falcons aren't going to be better than them and the Panthers aren't going to be better than them I don't I, if I'm the Saints, I'd rather have Jameis quarterbacking than Drew Brees saying he's not sure what he's going to do yet. Bro couldn't throw more than 10 yards last time he was in the league. Like, nah, I'm good. I'll, I know like, people love Drew Brees, but if I, if I were a Saints fan, I'd be like, I'll take the chance with Jameis right here and see how this goes. But yeah, don't I, forget about Tom Brady's $375 million Fox analyst contract he has when, he, uh, when he's done playing, too. Um, I, mean, I just I, need I, to I, throw I, in before you have to go. Uh, 
you know, I get a lot of things wrong here on the podcast. It's part of doing this. We're never going to be completely right. But I did see Ryan Fitzmagic retire, which, by the way, I told you he'd never see the field again after his injury with the formerly the Washington football team, now the Commanders. Uh, Taylor Heineke finished out the season. But now Fitzmagic has drifted off. No more Fitzmagic in the NFL. It opens up a great debate on how the NFC East is going to go this year. I know everyone's flying high, including Duke on the Eagles. No one's talking about the Cowboys, and they are had a terrible offseason, so I don't really expect anyone to think the Cowboys are going to be good. And the football team changed their name. So what does that leave? My New York football giants, who I thought had a great draft and are waiting to see what's going on with Daniel Jones, bringing in some new, you know, uh, head coach and general manager, some new leadership hopefully um so i think it's gonna be super interesting but i just wanted to throw in the fact that uh fitzmagic is no longer a qb and we're seeing a lot of a lot of change in in the sports leagues really um yeah i thought tom brady was retired, but he's not but we'll we'll wait for that to be next year i guess and i'll add off for that 375 million dollar contract and we'll see how it goes from there i got i got to imagine no matter what this is probably your last year i yeah, we'll see. Well, now it's not because he's going to be talking. I'm going to have to listen to it on mute for the next 10 years. The dude's going to have a podcast. LeBron's going to have a all Everyone's going to have a podcast and fucking be talking and doing everything and making money off the it. worst thing. When they're already making millions. It's a fucking joke to me. The worst thing LeBron James could ever do would be make a podcast because that poor man, will, or maybe it'd be good for him. Any press is good press, but that poor man would just... Skip Bayless could afford to have nine hours of TV time a day if LeBron had his own podcast. It would literally just be playing back the podcast and picking apart every line. He would just be giving so much material. If you talk for an hour as LeBron James, people are going to find nine different things you said and dissect it, and it's all going to be different storylines. Like, Oh, he's going to do it. I think it's the wave. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. It's the wave. It's the wave, dude. Everybody wants to have a podcast, bro. I feel like I started it, but we'll see if anybody follows along to ours. All right, much love, brother. Try and catch up with you soon. Be good. For sure. Go Celtics. Fuck the seas. <laughs> oh, much love to my friend O Rich. Much love, everybody tuning into the podcast today. I was gonna try and get in a little bit of solo on the way out, but covered a lot of it actually. Uh, more than I thought I would. Um, a little bit more of the NBA, some of the NFL. Touched on. Oops, is the wrong one. Touched on uh, some of the Live Golf Tour, which you check some of that out. I think the PGA Tour is going to have a few interesting couple weeks here with the Open coming up and these suspended players able to still play in the Open and then trying to figure out just where golf goes from here because obviously the PGA Tour is dealing with how many more players are going to go and how they could fill these fields and keep the PGA tour what it is today, which is the leading tour in golf. And a lot of people forget the fact that PGA tour is not connected to the PGA of America. And there was a big split off with that. And now there's a split off with the tour with a rivalry tour. And regardless of how you feel about the tour itself, um, you got golf free agency and you're seeing it like in college sports right now with the NIL and how it's got everyone up in arms. Um, not only with the transfer portal, but for the ability 
to these athletes to monetize for themselves, just like Draymond Green's doing, man. And I think it's funny that if we all hold different standards for, you know, people like, oh, well, they could do it because they're a famous person or they're an athlete or whatever it is. I mean, bro, the wave is this is what people are doing, not only streaming, but getting out there and not only typing their opinions, but videoing their opinions and continuing to kind of not only criticize but predict and analyze what they see and how they feel about it and everyone's trying to make money off of that and at this point you know for me that's kind of that's kind of got me held up a little bit as i've been doing this for a little while as kind of just a passion and it's never going to be any of these shows that I'm talking about or listening to and that everyone else is tuning into. Um, It's tough. It brings your spirits down. But at the end of the day, some of these things that bring my spirits up um, in terms of how I feel about what I'm doing with my podcast and how long I've been doing this and all the conversations that I've been able to have and not only with myself, but with my friends or being able to make yourself vulnerable and get to a point where you feel like you can grow and change. And it's not easy, um, you know, chasing after things that you have passion for and trying to improve yourself when you're feeling down. And, you know, I look around and I see 241,000 plus children that have lost a family member or a caregiver due to COVID-19. The last podcast, I was real emotional with the fact that you see these shootings happening on what seems to be a daily basis. Um, obviously, the school situations are horrific, and you see that these kids aren't even going to make it back to school. I mean, their lives are changed forever in literally seconds, and it can happen to anybody. Anybody's life can change in a second both for the good and bad. And I think that's why you keep fighting. That's why you keep going. Uh, A lot of my friends, people telling me, don't quit, keep going, do what makes you happy. And I've been doing that, man. I got a list of things that have been making me happy, like doing my podcast, continuing my career, um, dyeing my hair, getting tatted up, um, playing more golf, spending time with my dog doing things with my girlfriend. There's a lot of things that make me feel good, but there's a lot of things that don't make me feel good. It's trying to really balance that out. It's really trying to keep that passion going. Um, There's one thing about me is I'll never quit. Um, I'll continue to do what I love to do and the passion that I have for talking sports kind of will always be there as much as I kind of say it's not important and There's way more important things out there to discuss, which there are. Um, People are going to still continue to do this at the rate that they're going to do it at. And for me, if I'm not doing that, then I'm missing out too. Because not everybody wants to talk about things like what's going on with the Saudi tour. Like what's going on with uh, all the inflation and politics bullshit it's all fucking it's all extra to me 
And the people that do want to talk about that can't you can't talk to somebody that you disagree with and you can't have a simple conversation. It's all their opinion, views, and feelings about it anyways. So if we're going to do that, you might as well just try and have those conversations the best you can, really. I mean, for me, I've been trying to have more of those. Less just coming in here and kind of preaching to the to the camera and the mic and the, hoping the platform is anything and people are checking it out. It's like, I guess you got to try and spread that out, out there. Get your opinions, feelings, and views out there. I love doing what I do here. Um, and I appreciate all the support that people show to it. Um, I'll certainly be back around here, hopefully shortly. Um, but like I said, I've been doing... Some other things. I got a golf tournament coming up this upcoming week. I'm very excited about. Uh, I've been playing at least 18 holes a week, 36 holes a week, every week. Um, practicing a lot. Of, you know, it takes a lot of time to come in here and do a podcast and get everything kind of all set up and posted and all that. And I love doing it. And I really enjoy everything that it's brought to my life. Um, but a lot of the stuff that I want to talk about, people don't want to hear. People don't want to hear about uh, tragedies and and sadness and rock bottom and being down and bringing yourself up and all that. I mean, people just want to talk about jokes and funny and smile and everything's all good and fine and dandy and sports. And it's like, all right, man, like I can try and do some of that, too. But really, all that comes out because I do have a passion for sports and I do have a passion for the podcast. Much love. Get out of here today. Appreciate all love and support. That's all I have for the airwaves today. Appreciate all listening as always. And as always, so no shame what I had to say. Just a man with a nickname. Till next time, everybody, peace and love. Stay safe out there. You're listening to Seggy Station.